0: Check. Alright. Kipstone the magnificent, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> In association with the right to create swag. Shout out my nigga Marcus Cap. I'm from Cassandra. Thaddeus really. Oh, and a green Eugene Turner. Whole
1: Our grandparents learn English watching Martin. Ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned into the Good Kids Podcast, and I'm your host, as always, the sweetest little angel on the block, Carlton Douglas Kinley, aka Dougie Fresh, aka KKOK. And we are bringing you a barn burner of an episode. I am joined, of course, with my brother, the Ice JJ Fish of the podcasting world, the PD Pablo of podcasting himself, the man with so many monikers. I'm running out of breath just saying them all. Mr. Motherfucking Dakota Lofton, how you
0: doing, sir? I'm good, man. Just living it up. I'm uh, trying to come up with some better names for you. So uh, <laughs> Bro, stay tuned. My name speaks for itself.
1: So we had three big releases last. Friday, right after dropped mere hours after we were done recording last week's podcast. We have none other than Netflix and Deal which is the collaborative album between 03 Greedo and Kenny Beats, which we hyped up pretty big on the last episode. So we're going to talk about whether or not that lived up to the hype. We also had a collaborative album between Action Bronson and The Alchemist, a quick strike EP named Lamb Over Rice. And we also had the latest edition in the A Love Letter to You series by Young Trippy Red. So we are going to be coming at you with three in-depth album discussions, talking about our thoughts on these records, and sort of trying to come to a consensus, what were our thoughts on the albums, did they live up to the hype, because I think all three of those were pretty hyped up, like we were both look- looking forward to all three of those tapes, would you agree?
0: Yeah, and definitely, uh, I think we talked about, um, we definitely talked about the Greedo, and uh, briefly talked about Trippy Red and about the singles that he had leading up to it. And Absolutely. Honestly, like I'm pretty, I'm pretty impressed by all three. I don't know, I don't know how you feel about about everything, but <laughs> I would
1: 100% agree. Let's take, let's um, let's just get into it. Uh, we're gonna start off with uh, Netflix and Deal, the collaborative effort by o 3 and Kenny Beats. This is quickly becoming a just a Kenny Beats fan podcast. So, <laughs> shout out to Young Kenneth. Um, throw us that like. I are there Hell yes <laughs> We need to retweet this episode <laughs> Can you come through brother He's got us Yes So I think my biggest The thing I was looking for Before this album dropped Was I was wanting it to be More concise And more Straightforward Than Greedo's last releases While I liked His two um, I liked his two albums In 2018 God Level And uh, The Wolf of Grape Street They were each An hour and a half long And that's just There's a lot to wade through there. There's a lot that I could be construed as filler. There's a lot of really creative ideas, and that's just honestly sort of the name of the game. We'll get into it a little bit as well with Trippy Red, but the trend seems to be people sort of giving out these long, longer tapes and maybe not fleshing out their experiments as much, but maybe just tossing everything against the wall and seeing what sticks. Mm-hmm. So what I wanted from this this Greedo, Kenny Beats album was, all right, let's just get like a highlight reel. Like what is Greedo awesome at? And I would say it delivered, man. I think Kenny Beats really works as that editor and he really brings out, um, he really brought out Greedo at his best. We got a little bit of everything. We've got, you know, a trap banger like Maria. We've got sort of a, more life-affirming track, like the track Life, and then we've got his more melodic stuff. We got some, some, uh, some great features on this thing. Dakota, what were sort of your first impressions when you heard the album? What were you looking for when you first heard it?
0: Um, so up to this point, I've never really listened to a full... Um, Greedo? Yeah, full Greedo, uh, front to back. I listened to Wolf of Grape Street just because I'd heard really good things from some people that I follow on on social media and just some uh, uh, just some people in hip hop that I, that I value. Yeah, that I value their opinion and Absolutely. they have always spoken really highly of of Greedo. And um, so with this, I mean, you pair up with Kenny Beats and you have him producing the whole thing. I mean, my expectations are pretty high just because he's one of these like new faces in the game. Um, I don't think Kenny's really put out a bad
1: collaborative tape, has he? I'm trying to think. I'm just scrolling through sort of his uh, his discography. You've got uh, his. I think the the first one that really put me on was uh, his collaborative album last year with Key Seven Seven Seven. Just one of my one of my favorite rap albums of the year. Mm-hmm. We have Two Minute Drills with All Black. We had the Anger Management EP with Rico Nasty earlier. Yep. Um. Yeah, Kenny Beats is sort of one of those can't miss producers right now.
0: Yeah, I think so too, man. He's uh, um, kind of with his like the Cave series and uh, just just everyone he's working with. It kind of seems like the dude just can't lose at this point. And totally. whoever he kind of collaborates with is kind of has the same uh, the same outlook on stuff. I mean, if you if you pair up with Kenny Beats, you you are more than likely probably gonna have a, a, a banger of a song just because of how kind of versatile versatile he is as a as a producer and how open he is to kind of working with with whoever he wants to so i mean i'm not gonna lie my expectations were pretty high and then i'm also not gonna lie they they delivered um Absolutely. just because i mean i think this is this is one of the uh better albums uh, better hip-hop albums of the year um to me uh i just i just think Front to back, it's it's definitely got some just amazing songs on there. It's got um, songs that are definitely growing a little bit more on me, uh, and it, it's just kind of opening my eyes to just the kind of greatness of O3 Greedo that so many of his kind of contemporaries kind of speak to, and it, it's uh it's kind of cool, man. I mean, it, it just kind of sucks that he's like we like we were talking about on the uh, on the last podcast. Kind of sucks that he's just kind of locked up. <laughs> when everything's going on but um yeah dude i think he delivered i think i think it's a uh, it's pretty it's a solid album man yeah so him being locked up i was honestly kind of afraid
1: that you know sometimes i feel like when rappers go in to jail which is unfortunately more of a trend than we'd like it to be, <laughs> be in the hip-hop community but a lot of times they'll sort of put together a an album or a mixtape and it's not I don't want to say it's not necessarily of the highest quality but it's it's not as polished as it could be you know i'm mm-hmm. thinking like even Greedo, some of Greedo's stuff himself like he put out a, a, a five song ep with travis barker and there's nothing necessarily wrong with it but it doesn't have that same level of polish doesn't have that same level of songwriting that mm-hmm. i i would hope from from him moving forward but it feels like they were able to sort of capture what they were going to go for before he went in, and I think yeah. a lot of that was illuminated by. Did you end? Up, did you watch the full uh, mini doc that they did?
0: I did, man. Mm-hmm. Man,
1: it's Not it's yet. super cool. There's like because it's footage of them in the studio talking about the concept behind the album. So like, they first off the fact that they had a whole concept behind the album is super cool. Like every song is based off of one of Greedo's favorite movies. So we've got the song Disco, which is based off the movie Blow. Um, got the track Brad Pitt, which or Brad Pitt, which is based off of fucking Fight Club. Um, I Thought it was like all
0: of his movies, wasn't he? He talks about Oceans Eleven, Benjamin. His first yeah, yeah, yeah. he does. His first he does. lines, does. Benjamin Button.
1: <laughs> so it was, uh, yeah, like the fact that they actually had a conceptual bent, <clears> and <throat> I think when it was recorded, it was sort of known. Like Greedo's kind of not going to be around for a while, so I think Kenny made sure to get what he needed to put together a a solid album. Were there any points on the album that you recognize that felt unpolished, or did this feel like someone who did this feel like an album that if you didn't know any better, you would think
0: he was perfectly free and just like working on his shit? Uh, I don't really know what the stipulations were around this. I don't know if like he was here, or, 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 like if he was if he was free cert- for a certain like stint of time, and I don't know if like some of these songs were rushed. But I mean, a lot of these songs sound polished, like they've been worked on, like uh, like a lot of just like a lot of I guess deliberation went into it. Kind because I mean you kind of you kind of hear like. You kind of hear how they kind of conceptualize a lot of these, a lot of the songs on there. And, uh, I mean, it, it sounds pretty polished to me. I don't really know, uh, like how much, how much time really went in, really went into it. I don't know if I read something about, like, um, him, him only being out for a certain amount of time and, like, them, um, them only having, like, a certain amount of time to record or whatever. But, um, if I went into this, like, not, not knowing about Greedo, I would have just imagined of him just being a regular rapper and just uh, just kind of going in and, and working with Kenny. But uh, I don't know if you know about anything like that I spoke to. but
1: I don't know about any of the, the, the legal ramifications, but I definitely agree. I think it, it's, it's his most polished album and his most focused, again, sort of as we, we both spoke to earlier. The thing that really stood out to me is just that each song is just as well as well thought out, very well executed. So the thing with Greedo, he he there's footage of him on like Instagram Live just freestyling a whole song and then that take will end up on the album. And <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like talk about that. and you know, that again that, that speaks to sort of the throwing shit against the wall and seeing what sticks method of making music. But I feel with this more focused approach, there's like there's nothing that doesn't stick. Like there's no song that I'm like, oh, that was kind of half-baked or, oh, like they could have done this better. Like every melody on like the hooks, every verse I feel like is just solid. Um, and that's not that's not me saying it's a perfect album. There's definitely things that I think kind of stand out as, you know, just sort of drawbacks just to Greedo's style. You know, he's a lot more melodic than he is a lyricist. I'm not saying he's a bad lyricist, but he's a lot more on the feeling and sort of the vocal inflection on the songs but you know personally as someone who listens to an album top to bottom I much prefer this approach of hey let's focus on putting out a project as opposed to let's get in the studio record a bunch of crazy shit and put it all out you know what I mean?
0: Yeah yeah definitely and speaking to your um, you talking about Greedo's like melodies and stuff if if cause I wouldn't kind of classify him as an underground rapper but there's a pretty pretty big majority of hip hop fans that probably don't know about Greedo or did know about Greedo about mm. going into this and I think I think if uh, if he were to kinda get kind of thrusted into into the mainstream and kind of becoming more of a more of a household name around the hip hop community, it's gonna be because of him just really sitting down and kind of concocting these amazing melodies because I think that's one of his strongest suits is just some of his choruses are just like,
1: motherfucker can write a book, dude. <laughs> dude
0: writes, yeah, he's amazing. It's, it's not going to be because of his amazing like lyrics. I mean, while he can have a couple good bars here and there, I think his his melodies, his choruses are his That's the big pull. easily his his strongest suit. And I don't know if it was Kenny that like brought like just brought more out of him, or just kind of that whole just just the whole kind of collaborative uh just collaborative just that sort of vibe, style that kind right. of went into this and kind of then maybe
1: i i think and uh, we'll touch on this a little bit with the i think a good kind of point of comparison is the trippy red album and this is not mm-hmm. me burying the trippy red album i just think honestly that most rappers like they only need to put out half of what they're putting out right now like right yeah. now it's it's more about, let's just put it, it's almost like content creation on YouTube. It's like it yeah. doesn't necessarily matter the quality as long as it's something new or something that you haven't heard before. It doesn't matter if it gets old in a few listens or whatever. Um, and again, that that sounds very bad when sort of slanted against Trippy Red's album. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I think if rappers would focus more on you know, like, hey, let's, I'm not saying let's not go into the studio and record 30 fucking songs, but let's pick maybe the best 10 out of them and, and put them on the album. You know, maybe I'm just old school and that's just how, like, I like to intake a full album. But I I, I think, especially with sort of the way critics receive music, I think that could, there's a, definitely a lane for someone like that. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, no, I think that's why you see all these artists just coming and going because, they go into a studio with whatever, like, a certain type of producer or another artist, and they churn out all these fucking just half-assed songs, I feel like. And they'll put out an album that people are hyped up when it comes out, but when they fucking get it, it's just kind of garbage, yeah, you know? They'll, like <laughs> like they'll,
1: they'll make their name off of, like, a sticky hook, and then it's like, that's it. That's all he got. Exactly. You know, I think Rito is clearly an artist of substance. Like, there's something there and it makes it easier to see that substance as opposed to having to wade through it's like okay i like these three songs but these six songs i could delete from my ipod and i would
0: never know the difference you know what i mean exactly and that's i mean i feel like that's just way too prevalent with a lot of these kind of names that i don't know who's kind of putting them in front of us but it's just kind of those like names that you can't escape that you just like keep you just like keep seeing their name but like it's just their shit's just not good because I, I just feel like they're just they're not executing the way that they should be and i don't know i just kind of i kind of wish i don't really know like what the uh what the feedback's going to be on this album so far it seems like
1: seems pretty positive <laughs> online from what i've seen yeah
0: it seems really positive and i just i kind of wish he was like i just want to see how big he would truly be if if, if he were out because i think yeah I, you were talking about it like he's got a makings to be a potential legend. I mean, it's a kind of a... It's a weird title to kind of throw it out there, but he, he just seems to just kind of have that presence that you just he, he's you can't able to, deny it. He's <laughs> able to make a very, like...
1: A, a Very catchy, almost pop song, but it's still, it's still like hood as fuck. Yeah, it's, it's still like it's still a rap song. It's not yeah. you're, you're not confusing his shit for pop at all, exactly. I mean, um, like disco shit, man. I'm yes, like... <laughs> what um, what did you think about the features on this album? We've got, ah, we've got stuff, for, uh, verse from Freddie Gibbs, Vince Staples, Max o Cream, Key, O' Jeezy, and then your boy Buddy, who that was kind of fun. We did the freshman episode last week. He, uh, you put me on to buddy and then i'd see him turn up on this album and he like makes the song he's on
0: hey that's what buddy does man comes when you least expect him to (laughs) yeah no no, that's my dude i've been bumping him hard since we talked about that episode though but uh i think uh bar none freddie gibbs kind of runs away with dude possibly maybe the best verse on the fucking album (laughs) like granted this is not very hard to do giving
1: freddie's track record but this is by far like the best singing Freddie's ever done
0: dude insane i couldn't even tell like i, I couldn't even tell it was him it sounded like just the hook when yes. he first came in i was like oh shit that was fucking Freddie belting it out on there yes. freddy pendergast <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i think Freddie absolutely killed it on disco shit um yeah his his past singing efforts haven't exactly wowed me all the time but oh yeah I don't know if it was, Kenny just found the right level of auto-tune to throw on him, but man, it fit the track perfectly. Oh yeah, um, it was
0: perfect, and then he just, he just, I think one of the things that kind of gets, not thrown out with Freddie, but um, the thing that kind of caught my attention with Freddie, because he all, when he first came out, he, he always got the crazy bone kind of, uh, uh, uh comparison flow, yeah. comparison because of their voice complexion and then kind of like fast flow and like Freddie used to do that all the time where he'd like he'd just be rapping regular and then he'd just be like duh, 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 and then just kind of go back and then I think he he definitely he incorporated that in this flow but he was doing it with auto-tune on top of it and I thought that was kind of sick as fuck just because oh, like it, it was something that I hadn't heard from Freddie oh <laughs> Freddie's a definitely switched you
1: know, up his sound you listen to some of his old mixtapes like uh uh Fucking Midwest box frame, <laughs> the Cadillac music, yeah. whatever the fuck. Straight killing no filler. Straight killing no filler. He was doing no singing, very little melodic inflection. And then he fast forward to even like just a couple mixtapes later, something like BFK. He's changing up his 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 production. He's changing up his sound, but it still sounds like Freddie Gibbs. He's he's definitely one of those guys that has sort of changed with the times and evolved and found sort of his sound in interesting ways to move it around sort of what the trendy sound is right now um yeah I I think Freddie and I would say Buddy and Key as well had uh some very top-notch verses I like I said I think Buddy Buddy's hook on Soul Food really made that track and hearing Key on the track A-Twin was just like (laughs) it was kind of an aha moment because Greedo and Key do kind of sound like There's a there's definitely a comparison to be had there. They're both kind of wacky out there, melodic uh, singers. Like, they'll still spit bars at like in the fact that the it's the hook is like, "Hey, you look just like me." Like it was kind (laughs) of just like,
0: "Whoa, holy shit!" Yeah, dude. I've been wanting Key to fucking pop off for like four years now and it's just not, it's just not happening man I don't, he, I don't he's get got it. his own lane man
1: <laughs> he's doing his thing he's gonna be on he's on like he's in that that stable of cave rappers that yeah. I feel like that is it's own little cottage industry lane in and of itself yeah um, definitely OGZ from Shoreline Mafia had a verse on Payback. Um, yeah, yeah. I thought it was alright. It was just kind of there. Yeah. Uh, it, it didn't offend me. I thought it was, you know, solid, just trap ass verse. Mm-hmm. Um, there were two features on this that rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. Um, Blue People, Vince Staples. Uh, I think the track is good. I think Vince's uh, flow kind of started off good. It had like the first two bars of a good melody, and then he kind of just like flattened it out, and it. I don't know. It the energy there didn't strike me the same way the Freddie verse did. Did you feel any type of way about the Vince Staples verse?
0: Um, yeah, he's been kind of like incorporating this like high kind of high pitched voice lately. I don't know. Um, what's the? Uh, let me look this up. It's, he put out
1: FM with Kenny Beats last year as well. Another yep. quality fucking tape. But um, I don't know. There was something about like he tried this sort of singing flow, which is not really what Vince does. I mean, he does sing on a couple tracks, but like he. And then he just like kind of abandoned it like almost immediately. And it was just kind of like, I kind of wish you would have kept going with that. Mm. Yeah,
0: I don't really know if like that's kind of like something he's, he's experimenting with because uh, uh, the song that I was talking about, it's sheet music. He's come out, he came out with episode one, which was dope, but then he came out with sheet music episode two. And it's kind of like it, he's got this kind of high complexion uh, auto tune on it. And I was mm. like, I'd never heard of Vince fucking with the autotune so maybe he's just kind of figuring trying to f- figure out a way to kind of break out from the pack or whatever but no i was i was honestly a little underwhelmed with uh with vince staples feature just because i mean i i hold vince to a pretty high <laughs> to pretty high expectation and i mean it's not like he he sucked on yeah, it he it, didn't was shit just, the it was bad. just, it was feature, just you know?
1: I, I felt like the energy was just a little off uh through the verse and it's, you know, there's high expectations. Yeah, when you see Freddie Gibbs or Vince Staples on a track like you expect, you know, a pretty solid lyrical verse and we didn't, like, we got a different style from both of them and I think it just worked out better for Freddie than it did for Vince. Yep. I will say the, the, the fucking verse on this album that just. it uh, The one song that I just do not I, like I, on the track is so Beg Your Pardon <laughs> with Maxo Cream. And I, I don't think it's anything Greedo did, and I don't think it's anything Kenny Beats did. Oh, I shit. feel like Maxo was so. He sounded so fucking bored <laughs> on the hook in his verses. Yeah, and I beg your pardon, butter, butter, butter. It was like,
0: God damn.
1: It's,
0: it, it's just your run of the mill Maxo Cream. I guess I
1: I haven't listened to that much Maxo Cream, but I feel like... The when I've heard him, he sounds a lot more awake than he does in this track. Does yeah. he have a more sluggish delivery that I'm just not that familiar with?
0: <laughs> no, bro. I think I think that's about as Maxo Cream as it gets, man. I mean, he, uh, he it sounded he's... like
1: you typed
0: it into a fucking robot, like a
1: speaking spell or something. Yeah, but...
0: I think if you take that, just take the uh, instrumental out and then you put his verse on any other fucking Maxo Cream song, it'll it be it'll, the same. Yeah, it'd be the same. I so. fuck with Maxo Cream, but no, I I also kind of. I was a little underwhelmed by that. It's just like with Maxo Cream, you kind of go in. I like—I don't know. You were talking about you don't like Maxo Cream. I like Maxo. Don't o- mind him. Or not? You don't? you know, yeah, you haven't listened to him. Uh, the thing that I like most about Maxo Cream is kind of his uh, storylines and his mm. kind of concepts on his songs. And you didn't really get any of that. It was just more kind of a. I think they were just. I don't know if they were trying to just capture just a some type of vibe that they were feeling with, with each other, but, I mean, well, I don't it's, really it's know. It's
1: just, I think it's a, a an unfavorable contrast because Greedo is such a fucking character. He's got such a weird, warbly, bluesy voice, and then it's just, you got this just dude who just sounds bored, and yeah. it's just like, I just want to skip this fucking song and get back to the, the, the guy I like listening to. Yep, yep, no, dude, it's, uh... I don't know. I'll listen to more Maxo Cream. Maybe I'll warm up to him. But that verse just really rubbed me the wrong way.
0: No, he's definitely. uh, I think that's one of the things is like Maxo will come in on a feature one time. Steal the song because he was on he was on that uh, Fetty he was on Fetty with Playboy Cardi and Shit, Dash way right. back in the day and he I think he stole it. like he has one of my favorite verses on that song but then like he'll, he'll I, do, I feel he'll like his delivery like
1: more fit the the vibe of that song because exactly it was a lot more blunted they just yeah. sounded fucked up whereas this is like a little bit more high energy and you're expecting a little bit more out of them
0: yeah yeah I think I think with the vibe that that song kind of gave off I don't really think that Maxo is kind of the dude that I don't really know. A, con- a consolation for, <laughs> for the song, but yeah, I don't, I don't think Maxo, Maxo was it, but, but I mean, that that one verse,
1: that one chorus, that one track is definitely not enough to, you know, scare, shouldn't be enough to scare anybody off this album. Um, yeah, were there any other standouts that you wanted to talk about? Any uh, songs that just stand out as like, fuck yeah, that was that was a jam. Uh,
0: I, I mean, uh, we we kind of talked about it, but the the OGZ uh, the OGZ song. What's the payback? Yeah, payback, bro. I mean, it's just kind of yeah, their the, their the homage to that. the the big timers. That yes, s- s- one of the, the song came out. I think when I was in first grade. <sighs> I mean, I remember that. I remember that song. But I don't know. I, I like when um, when people kind of bring stuff back from that early early two thousands days, just because those songs like it's not like they're like. They're not quite looked upon as classics. Yeah, exactly. We, we grew up with them, and it scratches that little nostalgic itch. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah,
1: back in the dizzy. Yeah.
0: yeah, and I don't think you can get mad at that. Like, No, I mean, not at all. It just like, it's it's Seems paying like homage. They were having, yeah, it's like they were having fun with it. So. Yeah, and, and
1: probably given like a lot of people will hear that hook and just think, huh, maybe that sounds familiar. Who was that? Oh, yeah, it was the fucking big timers. Or yeah. they'll be reading the lyrics on Genius and realize, oh, shit, that was interpolated from fucking this and that and whatever.
0: Yep. Um, and I think that's what Kenny Kenny does too because he he's an old not an older cat but he he kind of grew up in that in that kind of early two thousands to mid two thousands I don't know how old he was but you can definitely know, you definitely know that he tries to incorporate kind of those those sounds and that just kind of
1: yeah, like you were g- saying
0: nostalgia he likes to kind of inject a little bit of nostalgia into some of his uh, some of his beats yeah a
1: lot of his tracks sort of have like it's kind of like Almost a bling era vibe where it's not like just straight, you know, hardcore 90s boom bap, but it's not always like this super recent trap sound. It kind of does fall into that mid 2000s time frame uh, of sound just because of, I think, a lot of based on like the drums he uses, sort of the samples he uses, you definitely tell he draws from that that sort of area of inspiration.
0: Yeah, but um, yeah, other than that, I don't think I have, I think we kind of went through everything on that um i want to give a quick shout out to the track life because that was um that
1: was a track that i was it, it piqued my interest because on there there's a previous uh collaboration between Greedo and kenny on god level and it's a track called conscience and it's one of my favorite tracks because it's just fucking really bizarre like the beat is super warm and I swear to God, the chorus sounds like it could be like out of The Lion King. Like it literally <laughs> sounds like it could be a uh, like a Disney song. And then it, you've got Greedo like just singing this like kind of giving like life lessons, or I don't know about life lessons, but he's kind of spitting advice. And I thought that was a really interesting lane that you don't necessarily hear in hip hop. Like it's it's somewhere between like. It's somewhere between like a pop song and then like a Meek Mill, like s- fucking started from the bottom, struggled to the <laughs> top fucking struggle track, and so I-, I feel like Life was sort of the spiritual successor to that, and that- it's honestly one of my one of my favorite songs on the
0: album, so I wanted to give a shout out to that track. I think that's probably one of my favorite instrumentals, that's the one with the guitar riff. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. it sounds like fucking uh, smooth, Dire
1: Straits, uh, yeah. Soltan's a Swing. It just-
0: I don't know that song, but it sounds like they're
1: it's it's the same fucking notes. yeah i th- i don't think they got that
0: sample because that would be super
1: fucking pricey
0: but oh, if yeah. they did, good on them yeah um i think yeah that's one of my favorites when like it, they just kind of like let just one riff kind of just go throughout the whole song like totally. uh what is it i think nostalgia uh push a tea and drink yes, like yes, that. Yes, yes. I love that shit when cuz like I I know that's like a classic song and um I'm I don't even know. I wish I would I wish like there was some way to fi- like a Shazam way to figure out like what did this person sample, right. you know? You're talking about <laughs> Nostalgia, right? I've been trying to place that sample for so long. I yeah. don't know if it is like I don't Travis Scott did it too. Um, on a... Did he? Yeah, Mama Sita.
1: Oh, the guitar, what the fuck? Okay, I'm on the Wikipedia page. Yes, that little guitar riff. Yeah, wow. we're, on, we're digressing like a, Western. a bit. We're <laughs> No, the, it's all good. We're it's on like... the nostalgia Wikipedia page. <laughs> um, background music and lyrics. Doesn't say anything about a sample. Yeah, okay. I don't I did know. A little bit more research, but I think if, if you can't tell by now, we're both given two thumbs up, highest recommendation, two
0: to netflix and deal would you agree i i wholeheartedly agree i was gonna say uh needle drop them what if you gave him a uh, if you if you gave this out of 10 mm. what we, what would you give it i would honestly give it
1: give it a solid eight oh, <laughs>
0: hey three, that's what three. i was gonna Kenny say beats forever i was gonna um, say hard seven light eight yes i <laughs>
1: There's definitely room, like it's not the most conceptual, it's not the like tightest written album, but the the songs that they put together and the vibe that they capture and the just the melodies that they come through with the, some of the lyrics they come through with are just man, I I think it's an easy recommendation and if you're if you've been looking to check out Greedo and you're scared by the long track listing <laughs> this is this and the face test, <laughs> this is definitely the fucking album to check out, man.
0: Yes, sir. Couldn't agree more.
1: All righty, so we are now going to move on to. Do we want to do Trippy Red or Bronson? Let's go ahead and talk about this Trippy Red tape real quick because we were, we had uh, referenced it a little bit earlier. Um, I I really like the the album. There was, you know, when I see a more recent artist like Trippy Red, and they've got this kind of trendier sound like the emo melodic trap sound is very big right now and I see that they put out an hour long project I expect a lot of filler Mm -hmm. and there was not nearly as much filler as I thought I thought just about every song really delivered Um, there's definitely songs you could cut there's definitely you know if you wanted to make this a tighter listening experience through a little bit of editing you could Yeah. but I think I think you know you can also kind of play favorites and I think really he came through on executing uh, again, writing some very solid songs, some very catchy melodies, really delivering on that heartbroken vibe. Um, there was a lot of acoustic guitar, which kind of made me groan <laughs> at first because, like, I got flashbacks to that XXX Tentacion album. Oh yeah, and, but I I think Trippy honestly pulled it off. Like, it's not one hundred percent my vibe, but it wasn't this really super cringy mix of emo and trap it was mostly like if he was gonna do an emo song he did an emo song if he was gonna do a trap song he was gonna do a trap song and then he kind of he kind of fused it into just like some sadder trap vibe i don't know i i i, I actually really enjoyed the album honestly
0: yeah i uh, i was actually pretty surprised by it um i think it like with every trippy song it kind of starts to lose me at some at some points right. of the album but um, I think this could actually be a uh, kind of a strong suit for him I feel like most of the songs where he didn't have anybody featured were some of my favorites yes. where he just kind of where he was just trippy I feel like when he has songs where he's like where he has somebody featured, Maybe he like hears the person's verse and thinks he needs to go, yeah, and thinks he needs to go as hard. It's like I mean, I think I think Trippy and kind of Drake fall in the same kind of the kind category, whoever they're
1: on a track with,
0: no, well, my point is like, like I like Trippy the same way I like Drake. I like Drake when he's very like sing songy, kind of sad, like his relationship songs. I hate when Drake like tries to start spitting and like it's just it's just super cheesy to me right and while i think trippy is can be a better rapper than drake (laughs) um i i think i think trippy is is just the strongest when he's just kind of like just kind of wailing on the microphone and just kind of experimenting with what he can do with his voice and and these these instrumentals and everything that he has because I mean, I, I still feel like he's he's kind of perfecting that that kind of vibe that he's trying to that he's trying to get. I guess for sure. you know, um, because like I can see how dope he can be, but then I also kind of can see how he can lose some people. Because I mean,
1: his voice isn't for everybody. Yeah,
0: and it's t- I mean I just think 20, 20 plus songs is just way too fucking much for me, dude. Like that it. I don't know if there's, like, a rule at wherever he's... I think he's with Alamo, Alamo Records. I can't remember where he's on. But, oh, my God, dude. Like, it just... I don't know. That that kind of makes me mad sometimes. It's like, Wiz Khalifa came out with a song with 22 <laughs> songs. I'm like, who's got time to listen to 22 Wiz Khalifa songs? It's kind of the same with, with Trippy. It's just like, fuck, man. Yeah, <laughs> By the song, I'm done. I don't have time song, I'm time to sit
1: down and listen to you fucking wail for yeah. an hour and a half. The... You know, and this kind of goes back to our conversation we were having with Greedo. the The trend is try out a whole bunch of different shit, see what sticks. And the thing is, a the more songs you have, the more like the more streaming numbers you can rack up. Because if someone's just going to listen through it once, then they listen through all these twenty songs as opposed to ten songs. That's more dollars in your pocket, and also. When you're experimenting and you're throwing shit against the wall It's more likely that something's gonna stick And then it can blow up and become viral Like it's it's honestly a marketing plan And it sucks because I feel like it takes away from the art It's like I don't think Trippy Red Is trying to Like I don't think he's trying to say Anything by making An hour long album I think he's trying to make money by mm-hmm. making an hour-long album. And it sucks, and I'm not saying he's a greedy motherfucker and that he shouldn't do it. It's just, that's the trend. That's what every rapper right now does. And it just, like, it leads to a lot of projects with a lot of bloat and a lot of just, like, skippable tracks.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, couldn't couldn't have said that better myself, man.
1: But that being said, I do think... I Man, I, I compare A Love Letter, this is number four, I compare it to the first one, and... Yeah. While I definitely do appreciate a lot of the rawness That you were talking about Like with his voice that uh, was present on the first one I think he's gotten better at using his tools As he's progressed Like he has definitely grown as an artist I think he's much better at writing songs There's still uh, a lot of just sort of fucking around Like the track The fifth track Real Feel There's some lines on there that you can tell he's just fucking around and just saying goofy shit (laughs) and it's like okay you know this was a cool song until you just stopped caring but on the tracks where he keeps it tight um who needs love love sick love love me more um like that's like the first that's sort of the a run of three songs like near the beginning and all of them are all like he it's kind of you were saying you felt like he, he was having trouble finding his voice. I feel like that is his voice, like mm-hmm. kind of that that strong melodic version of hip hop that is super anthemic, super sing- singable. But I also think towards the end he started to go hard on a couple tracks like um, The Grinch and uh, Death with the Baby. The track M's with Lil Yachty and Pierre had a fucking crazy verse, and then Bust Down Do, du, Do, and Jungle Book <laughs> like. Those are some fucking bangers. Like he can put together some bangers where he's where he's not necessarily just singing, and um, I I think like a lot of I don't want to say he experimented that much on this album, but I think he this was more a. a An album of refinement of him really sort of breaking down like okay this is one type of trippy red song this is another type of trippy red song this is another like this is the banger it's like how can i do these to the best of my ability and i think for the most part he did
0: that on a lot of on a lot of these tracks yeah dude i think uh because he's he's like not even like 20 years old yet he's been he's been around for a, a couple years now but dude he's got six albums yeah. I think yeah. I think if that dude took every good song from say he turned those six albums into just two albums, bro. Right. Put out an album every two years, that dude could have possibly two pretty fucking good albums. I think he's just kinda cutting himself short. You said he's what, twenty years old? Nah, I don't even think he's twenty years old. He's a he's a young he's a young buck, which that's one thing that I fuck with too because I'm hearing these like these songs and these melodies that he's putting together and I'm just like dude how fucking like I mean obviously like it's cliche but the sky's the fucking limit for this kid but at the same time I'm just like bro if you just I don't know just, just focus put out these fucking just record the songs and then just like put out 10 of those songs that you you think are perfect, you'd have a perfect album. I don't know. I understand (laughs) during the creative
1: process you get married to some things, but I think a lot of times either you or the people around you should be able to tell, like, okay, this is good, this is good, this is good. But then you get into a situation where it's like, are you, you know, you're not making the type of money you could be making if you're putting out 20 songs every three months? Like, you look at a guy like Danny Brown who puts out an album every fucking four years. On Atrocity Exhibition, he lost money on that album because he cleared, like, $85,000 worth of samples. Yeah. And it's like, you know, he's got 14 songs, and that's the only 14 songs he's going to put out for another three fucking years. And it's like... Yeah. And Danny is quickly growing into a, an all-time legend. Like, I think we his he's one of the fucking elite in hip-hop right now. Uh, but, you know... Is he balling as hard as Trippy Red? I don't know. Is Trippy Red going to be looked at with the same artistic integrity as Danny Brown is going to? I don't think so. Yeah. Like, it comes down to your intent. Like, who. There are some rappers out there that are looking at securing a legacy over securing a bag, I guess.
0: Yeah. There's clearly that disconnect. There's, like, a huge disconnect yes. between, like, actually good music and actually, like,. But it's it's like it's not yeah. even
1: like they're they're making bad music. Like yeah, man, yeah, I yeah, liked no. most
0: of this album. It's just
1: like if he could tighten things up, he he could go from making a really good album to a fucking amazing album. Like yeah. if you yeah, like you said if you took all the if you went through every mixtape he dropped since he came out like in the last 4 years or so and you took like 13 of those tracks and put them all together it'd be crazy yeah It'd exactly
0: crazy. we i mean there might be somebody's like year-end list where they're talking about how like perfect of an album <laughs> that trippy red hat right but i i mean one thing to me is like i just hate how like kind of transparent it is with a lot of these <laughs> with a lot of these rappers i mean they're all they all just kind of have the same blueprint it's right. like quantity not quality it, that I mean, that's kind of like what it <laughs> what it comes down to, and I mean, but like, that's the it, thing with Trippy though. It's like he he's kind of toting that line. It's like I don't, it's it's hard yeah. for a guy like <laughs> Trippy
1: because he does have such a unique voice, and he is he is a creative guy. Like he does have have a lot of interesting concepts for songs. It's just like he just doesn't like it. Is it's walking a line. It's mm-hmm. is this art or is this a product? Yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, does it need to be art? Like I don't know, fucking. I think if Trippy's happy, I'm happy. Like, I don't, <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. I'm not sitting here telling the man how to make a fucking, I mean, I am, but like, I don't, it's just weird. It's a weird time. Right? Yeah. It's like,
0: it's a weird industry. Yes. It's like, it's something. There's more
1: transparency now than ever. Yeah.
0: Like, it's, it's something that I think about sometimes because I'm the type, I'm the type of person, like, I went to college, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I knew I loved rap, and I was like, "Well, if there's some way that I can kind of get into hip hop," and I was like, "All right, well, maybe I'll be like an A and R." But like, I'm like looking at this, and I'm like, "Do I really fucking want to do this?" Because it's clearly like, I don't know. No matter no matter like who the artist is, it's all it's. I don't know how to explain it. It's like they're they're all. I just feel like they're all straddled down by something bigger than like something that we all that we all know about. Like I don't even know who who the uh, who. Who his record label is, but it just it just kind of seems like they just kind of have like like these I mean, guidelines and these boxes you have to check with every yes. single album. And you can go down the you can go down the
1: list. It's you know it's guys like Migos, even the biggest guys like Drake. It's guys like fucking Juice World. It's guys like YNW Melly, who even though he's in jail, he's still putting out like a fucking <laughs> twenty song album. Yeah, that's nuts. To um, me. it's it's weird, man. Yes, yeah. it's, it's <laughs> that's why. I don't know. When you find a guy like this, it's very difficult because if money wasn't involved, I think Trippy Red could set could have a lot to say as an artist. Yeah. But it's a lot more focused on sort of filling that blueprint, like you said. And then you see that it gi- just gives me more appreciation for the the sort of mavericks out there, the guys like Danny Brown, who he is signed to a label, but he's pretty much got creative control on his shit. Yeah. Set. You a guy like I don't know just name and names jpeg mafia guy we brought up in the past who like he makes an album that completely confounds everybody's expectations it doesn't sound just about anything like his last album but it's the album he wanted to fucking make Mm -hmm. so i'm here for it and that's why i i think i i I really hope the future is and again i'm gonna be riding kenny beats his dick (laughs) pretty hard here but you know building an audience like Kenny has done with the cave and building sort of his own family and i feel like the the whole dots don't overthink shit has the ability to grow into its own label and it can be more of a way to distribute music and show off music as opposed to, like, almost like a Lyrical Lemonade is, where it's just Mm -hmm. like, okay, Cole Bennett sees a dope artist he wants to work with, and he's gonna give him some shine. Yep. The problem is, most of the time, once they get that exposure, I don't want to say most of the time, but a lot of times they'll get that exposure, get signed to one of these shady deals, and then they have to put up Put out a fucking twenty-five album, or uh, twenty-five song album, and then it completely kills them, and you never hear from them again. Like, do you think Lil Teca is
0: gonna drop another album that anybody cares about ever? See, man, like I, I didn't even listen to his album, but like I fucking love, I really like that song, but that's one of the things is like, you get a kid like him, he's not even eighteen yet, he's he comes out with this really, I mean, it's a, it's a catchy song, but like, but. But then, what if what if he wants to go down this route? Like maybe yeah. he wants to be a fucking lyrical Joey, badass genius or something. For sure, they're not gonna fucking let him do that. They're gonna be like, "Yo, we need three more ransoms," you know, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> or something like that. I want to go back to something though. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to this and I'm thinking of Uzi because Uzi's kind of in this war with his fucking label and like people it's have been waiting fucking... for people have been waiting for Uzi to drop something. And I think he's. Kind of rebelling against whatever's going on because I know it's it has something to do with uh, DJ drama and Don Cannon. I don't know. Uh, I can't remember if he's on. Is it Columbia or something? He right. has got. His yeah, head. he's in. He's in some type of dispute with uh, with whoever he signed to or something. Something mm-hmm. about releasing his album, and I I don't know if he's not doing it. I don't know if his his record label's not doing it, but. I think I don't know I kind of I'm, I kind of lump Uzi and Trippy in the kind of same same regard of kind For of sure. artists you know but uh um. Putting him in that context, though, does give me a little bit more
1: appreciation for Uzi because I feel like he he has wanted to flex more creative control on his music. Like, he definitely has a vision for his music, and maybe his vision does kind of follow that trend, but I do think, when I listen to Uzi, I don't think, oh, this is just some bullshit that his label made him do. Like, I feel like he really he really fucked with whatever he was putting together.
0: Oh, exactly, dude. But,
1: you know, the more we break it down into, like, labels and shit, this really isn't anything new. Like, Oh yeah. Back in the day, you know, currency was signed to Cash Money, and mm-hmm. he, you know, he they wouldn't let him drop a fucking album or whatever the fuck happened. He gets off, uh, he gets off Cash Money, and then just starts dropping independent albums. Like he starts his own label and just drops album at like tape after tape, and then turns it into albums, and then he's got his own lane. Yeah. I think we're seeing more and more that it's like if you, you know, if you want to get money, then by all means, you know, sign to a sign, sign to a fucking. Sign to a a label, get your money. I'm not hating on it, but if you want to be an artist, do it. Go your own way. Like it it might be harder, but you will have way more freedom in the future.
0: I think there should be different unions of producers, and then those produce those like production, like people actually making the product, like beats and shit, and Mm -hmm. mastering. I think those motherfuckers should just have their own have their own label, have the Kenny Beats label, have the Metro Boomin label, have yeah, the Pierre Bourne like, label. Yeah, why, why? do we need? business people telling
1: yeah. artists what to do? And again, this is a dispute that's been going on since the fucking '40s. But oh yeah, like
0: it's insane.
1: It make especially in today's situation, it's like it make it just makes no sense. It's like put out what you want to put out.
0: Yeah. And my dumbass, I don't even like know what goes on like behind the scenes, and it's oh, just like I, one of those things that I wish, I wish I knew, and I wish I didn't know because like I feel like when I figure out like what really like goes on behind the scenes, I'm just gonna be like, what the fuck, dude? Like,
1: I, it's just a afraid. bunch of white
0: people, <laughs> you know? Yeah, cooking up something in a fucking boardroom. Yeah,
1: it, yeah, it is kind of like I don't want the magic to be ruined. Like I, you know, I still want to believe Santa's real, and I still <laughs> want to believe Trippy Red is, you know. Uh, as emo as he comes across <laughs> on Instagram. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we kind of digress there, but I like the album. <laughs> yeah, dude, nah,
0: no, good album. I get Any, it. Uh, any highlights you want to point out there? Uh, got a DJ Paul uh, beat on there. I heard it and I was like, oh shit, this sounds like a Three Six Mafia song. Turns I went on it is. and it's a fucking <laughs> Three Six Mafia song. Um, like you said, I think there was a lot of like acoustic kind of sampled songs, but. Um, they landed a lot
1: better than I thought they would.
0: Yeah, there's a couple because I mean yeah, it, it, but it's it's I think I think Trippy delivered on like what he does best, just kind of that kind of in that kind of Greedo Greedo lane, like very melodic, very good choruses. But um, I mean, it he, is kind of interesting dealing with the breakup. Oh, that like
1: some of the the like you can say that is a little bit of a formula to be, like, more melodic, but I feel like most of the bigger names right now are taking that formula, and they have, like, the weirdest voice, like, literally oh, the yeah. weirdest voices. They don't like, do Greedo it, yeah. and Trippy just have... Yeah. You wouldn't think of those as traditional singers, but it's It works.
0: Like, it works for some people, like, I mean, people didn't... People would talk shit on Yachty, but there was just something that, like, I heard with how he does, like, his autotune and shit. Like, it just, it just works for some people, yeah. and it sounds good to some people, and... But yeah. If it works, it works, maybe. <laughs> exactly. But um, honestly, like, it wasn't overwhelming and it wasn't underwhelming. It was just a pretty... I, I'd say it was a pretty decent album. If it was good. If you had to <laughs> on the Fantano scale. <laughs> I'd say i give it a light, light six, hard five. Oh, damn. Okay.
1: I liked it more than you did. Then. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I'd probably give it a seven. Then again, I haven't listened to it eight, like a ton. I wouldn't feel comfortable necessarily giving it a number, but... I I dug it. Uh, I'll come back to you after I get my heart broken and re-listen to it. Oh, uh, (laughs) yeah. yeah. When I'm in my feels, it might hit me a little different.
0: Yeah, I mean, my heart's not... Broken. I mean, I I'm in I a relationship, know. but I mean, I guess you could. I'd be now's
1: the right the the right week to listen to it. I'd be missing Jorge if I were you, bro. Uh, bro,
0: I miss my fucking dog. Yeah, dog. Our third chair. Yeah, uh, yeah. Jorge the wiener yeah. is not here. <laughs> to the two people that listen to this uh, podcast, there's okay. no jingling because my dog and girlfriend left me for the for the week. <laughs> Bummer. But yeah,
1: smoke that pen and hit that. Uh, bump that trippy. So Facts. we're gonna move on to our last tape that we were. Uh, planning on discussion lamb over rice action Bronson and the alchemist Yeah, uh, alchemist dude we've talked about before plenty of times he's a uh, you know just all time legendary producer um, <laughs> friend of the show friend of the show uh, big fan of us he's one of the two people that listen to us yeah. uh, him and Kenny yeah yeah. <laughs> um and Action Bronson, of course, he's not just a rapper; he's a fucking brand at this point. He's at his own Vice show. He's, he's had unit. multiple Vice shows. He's a fuck. He's written books. He's a well. He's I don't know if he's written books, but he's had books with his name on it. Mm. Um, yeah. This c- coincided with the release of uh, the vinyl edition of Rare Chandeliers, which is a mixtape he put out in twenty. Those these two put out in 2013, which is definitely one of Bronson's
0: strongest projects first Bronson project I ever heard I think Mm. was that like 2012 2013 I believe because it
1: it came after uh, Blue Chips his collaboration with Party Supplies and I'd say those two are definitely fucking neck and neck Um, this, this EP it's only seven songs it's like 20 minutes but this is the hungriest I've heard Bronson in a while and I don't mean that as a literally pun.
0: hungry. <laughs> he, he, he was in just, his food bag a lot. Yes,
1: and I love that. That's what love I want to hear. Shit, bro. That's what I love about a guy like Bronson that he he just makes these super specific references where it's like you can almost smell the fucking lamb wafting out of the <laughs> the fucking short order cooks fucking kitchen as you're sitting in a New York deli just waiting for this shit to like I've never been to New York but I hear Action Bronson and the the specificity of his lyrics and it's like okay he's one of those guys that can put you there and it's just he has these little details that he's been kind of lacking I feel like in his last few projects he he he's still spitting you know wild outlandish shit but it's just not as detailed not as specific and here I feel like he he got back to that old Bronson I don't, I don't know if maybe working with Al sort of awoken him um, but man, I, I, I thought this was a very probably his best. Let me scroll through his discography. It's definitely one of the best Action Bronson albums in in recent memory, I'd say, or projects rather.
0: Yeah, because uh, he came out with Blue Chips Seven Thousand. Uh, I, I thought
1: that was uh You know, he was working with uh, uh, Party Supplies. Well, actually, I don't know if he was working with Party yeah, Supplies for that. album. I
0: watch. was. I was surprised that it wasn't a fully uh, because. I think that's one of the things that, because because you get these like same with Kenny Beats and 03 Greedo like those when when a producer and an artist kind of team up for this collaborative effort, mm-hmm. I think it's kind of it, it's either really good really good or really middle of the road. Like you find you find a couple a couple songs, but I don't think that's the thing with with well some some of Bronson's projects. But I think when he kind of gets on a, a album and and like, with somebody like Alchemist or, like, a legend, I think that's kind of where he shines the best. Totally. Um, just because, like... Really out there kind of beats. Yeah, and I, I've, I've seen, like... Luxurious. And I've seen how he kind of works in the, in the studio on some of his Viceland shit, and it just kind of seems like those those kind of sessions with him are just kind of so organic, and they just find this fucking sick-ass sample that nobody's ever heard about. Right. That the fucking people that recorded the regular song, they're never going to hear this song because that fucking sample's from the <laughs> 1940s or something, bro. Like...
1: It's, a, it's more <laughs> of a hang. Like, you get the same vibe again
0: from Kenny Beats in the Cave. It's like,
1: it's not you know it's not two professionals sitting in a room trying to pound something out it's a couple of you know musicians that are hanging out soaking in each other's vibe and that sounds kind of <laughs> weird when i say it out loud but it's like it's like you said organic is the word it's not forced and you can tell right away when that chemistry is there or if it's not
0: and you can tell it's there with him and alk i mean they they they're just literally best friends yeah they're made
1: for, like they're in their their music is made for each other like Fucking Alchemist makes psychedelic New York boom bap, and that just fits perfectly for the for the the type of rapper that Action is, man.
0: Yep, yeah, definitely, and yeah, it's just it's just vintage vintage Bronson to me. It's a lot of a lot of obscure a- athletic like <laughs> athlete uh, yeah, uh, lines, and then references. he's got these crazy like fine dining rhymes, and then he's got these crazy like. It's just, just Bronson. Being Bronson. It's yeah. just Bronson, dude. And that it was. It was just kind of talking about very...
1: weightlifters from the fucking late '80s.
0: Yup. Like... Talking about fucking uh, human growth hormones <laughs> and shit, man. Like, um, no, it, it was just kind of relieving to kind of just see that that Bronson's still there. Just because, like, I mean, White Bronco, pretty underwhelming project to me last year. I don't know about you, um, but. Um, I don't know. It's just it just kind of seems like there's sometimes when Bronson can can kind of underwhelm me, but then he'll he'll drop something like this where it kind of brings me back to that kind of rare chandeliers, uh, blue chips three or whatever. Like mm-hmm. just kind of just kind of vibes that I got when I was when I was in high school, first figuring out who Action Bronson was, and and it, it's cool. I mean, while it does sound like an Action Bronson like an Action Bronson album it's is fucking dope and it's been on repeat since I've since I've uh since I listened to it so um yeah I don't know if you wanna, if you wanna no, add yeah he's
1: but. he's he's definitely like he's an individual and when he lets his you know like we said his his in, his interests and his individuality shine and um, versus I I honestly think Sort of, he had kind of a string of albums that were all right, but you know, his major label debut, Mr. Wonderful, White Bronco, Blue Chip 7000. I don't think they were bad, but I feel like he was doing so much other shit. Like he was doing his Vice show and the book and touring and all that shit. It's like, how much time did he really spend sitting down writing fucking bars that were going to blow your mind? Yeah. And maybe he, he was focused on, you know, maybe trying to write a different type of song as opposed to refining that action, Bronson sound, mm-hmm. and he was just busy doing other shit. So I feel like this is just him just back to what got him to the dance, that, that classic <laughs> no-frills fucking hard-nosed New York fucking style with a weird bent.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like i don't know i'm not i'm not an alchemist like aficionado by any means like i mean i've i've heard some of some of his classics but some just these just these beats man it's just like mm-hmm. i don't i don't know cuz you're you're way more well versed on alchemists than me but to me, it's just like I've never heard these types of samples, and I just, I just love shit like it that. It sounds like you're, you're
1: <laughs> looking at a really nice rug while you're on acid. <laughs> like that's how I would describe the sound of this album. Like it's just very luxurious
0: and also just fucking weird. I mean, he said my jump shot got an arc like Noah. That's like a quadruple entendre. Oh. Like I don't know if you know, but you know. Joe Kim Noah's got yes. the ugliest jump shot in the league, dude. Like, I don't know. It's just it's just Bronson, man. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. But. Yeah,
1: I, I'm really looking forward to listening to it a little bit more and letting some of the uh, some of the the bars sort of soak into my mind and like that that sort of like that clicking moment where you're like, oh fuck, that means that, and just like, oh shit, yeah. Kind of kind of thinking man's punchlines, and. Uh, to reference sort of a discussion we we had on a previous episode it's like i feel like that level of detail is what separates him from guys like uh guys like west side gun where mm-hmm. you know west side guns putting out tons of you know tons of quality but does he have a full project that has as many fucking quotables and Ridiculous double entendre bars as this seven track EP does. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no. It's like it's it, he's re, it's pure refined medical grade concentrated Bronson New York fucking ab, not ab, necessarily abstract but just out there hip hop. Yeah, I, I, I loved it.
0: Yeah, I think people who have kind of like adapted to Bronson just because he's been on Vice and stuff, I think that they can kind of fall back on this album and kind of. I think this would be eye opening if you if you yeah. have not listened to a Doctor
1: Lecter, you haven't listened to Blue Chips or Rare Chandeliers. I think this would definitely be kind of like holy shit, where is this guy from? Yeah,
0: exactly. And they can figure out like why Bronson is Bronson, <laughs> like, why he got a name. <laughs> yeah, like this is this is just classic. You know, it's just okay. it's the foundation that he laid for himself. Just dope ass food rhymes, athletic rhymes, and sick. Alchemist beats on top, man. I mean, <laughs> what more you can you ask for, dude? Yeah.
1: Well, I think that is going to do it from our three album roundup. Uh, I think you, that's a pretty strong recommendation for all these. Check these out. Let us know what you thought of them. If you agree with us, disagree with us, let us know. We're on Twitter at The Good Kids Pod. Um, we are now on Apple Music or uh, Apple Podcast, rather. Just type into that search bar The Good Kids Podcast. You do have to include the word podcast. And uh, we're also on SoundCloud, same thing, the Good Kids Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Carlton D. Kinley. That's K-A-R-L-T-O-N-D-K-I-N-L-E-Y. Dak, tell them where you at, motherfucker.
0: (laughs) Uh, Big Mac Dak on Twitter. Uh, Yeah, you can holler at me if you got some chronic slander. I'm there for it. Uh, Yeah, dude
1: the chronic discussion coming soon bitch
0: yes sir yes sir right always on. always a pleasure my
1: brother always a pleasure and we'll see you guys next week everybody if you're listening to this on thanksgiving have a lovely one fix a high stacked fucking plate for me and for bronson <laughs> thank you base god much love